I don't know if any of you have ever had your home burgled. Beforehand, the thief does not normally write you a letter saying that I'm going to be popping round and doesn't say when that time would be. You know, if they informed you that they had a plan to come, maybe just after midnight, uh, you would probably have the police waiting for them on their arrival. The thief gives us no warning. They wait for the occupier to be comfy, cosy, possibly tucked up in bed asleep, and then break in, doing their best not to disturb anyone. Some years ago, uh, one of my colleagues in Nottingham uh, found one morning when he went to put his coat on to take his children to school that his coat was no longer there. And neither were the keys nor the wallet that had been in the coat pocket. And then he realised that neither was the car that the keys were for that should have been on the driveway and that the patio door had been broken open. The thief had come in the night without warning and things had changed. The world doesn't know when the day of the Lord Christ's return shall come. There will be a day of judgment. Some might try and predict it. Some cults certainly do. But we are told clearly by Jesus that no man nor woman knows when that actual date will be. We do not know the hour of his return. It will be sudden. No slow build-up. It will occur and take the world by shock. But what is different for Christians is that we have the knowledge that it will occur. It will take place. If all of us were nice and fit and healthy and were athletic, and maybe at a running track, such as has been on the telly the past few days, then there might be uh, an official there at the side, at the starting line, with his pistol held high in the air, or at least some trigger mechanism nowadays. They don't have things that look like guns so much. And they might go, ready, set, and then you'd hear a bang. And we might reasonably expect that loud bang to occur, mightn't we? However, if we're all sat in charge, and instead of me having brought a couple of verses from Psalms, I suddenly fired a starting pistol to indicate the start of the church service, that might take some of you by shock. It's not normally what we do. It's not what you are settled in for. Instead, you want to prepare your heart and get ready maybe in a calm way, usually. 
Knowing that something will happen changes your preparation. And even though we're not athletes, if I did have a starting pistol and fired one now, you might not be quite so surprised. We can prepare and be ready for what happens next. It equips us. We know that Christ has died. We know that he has risen. We know that he has ascended to the highest of heights. And we also know, because Jesus has told us, and Paul writes here about Christ returning, that he will come again. And so we need to live lives that acknowledge that he will come and be ready for that sort of big bang that will surprise many in the world. The shock of Christ's return. Paul told the Thessalonians that they were to be awake for this happening. Now that doesn't mean in the literal sense of trying to stay up all night or not like um, soldiers might do when they're out on manoeuvre. Some of them keep while somebody else stands guard. It's not that literal sense, but it's being awake in our lives, not, not stumbling into wrongful ways, but expecting it and expecting to need to move in that way, being ready. Likewise, Paul tells the church to be sober. Don't necessarily intend that to be implied as being never having a drink of alcohol, because, of course, they drank wine. But the sobriety is about having a clear head, a sense to do what's right, the thing that is good for God, rather than being foolish enough to fall into the wrong sort of pattern of life, the ways of darkness and evil that we might consider quite common in the world around us. When Christ returns, he will come with justice and righteousness, we will be judged fairly for what we have done. And there is no way of getting out of that judgment or bribing or corrupting the Lord. But by living in light, we have nothing to fear. The Thessalonians are told that they would be fine if they lived in the light. Why does he write, making this warning to them about following God's ways? Well, of course, it's because it is easy to be distracted and to fall out of it, to fall out of that pattern. We might choose to live in the light, 
but then realize that we're not. I went for a walk uh, late on an autumn afternoon. And it was daylight when I left the house. And uh, I took the dog out and we got into some woods. And it was fine as we entered the woods, though maybe the sun was getting a bit lower at that time. But I could still see and everything was fine and the dog was off the lead and Bracken was running about. The Labrador's called Bracken. And then uh, darting into the trees and coming back out. And then I realised that it was actually too dark to see him anymore. You know, the fact that he's a black Labrador doesn't help when it's dark. Especially if I've not put his special flashing collar on him. You know, suddenly he just disappeared and uh, the sun had gone down and it was dark. And yes, my eyes could still see some things. But was I focused on what I should have been doing? I called his name and we, we got home fine. But sunset changes the day. Light becomes darkness easily and often unnoticeably. And in the same way, in our life, we can be living in the light, but we can allow that light to dim. And we begin to accept things of the world as being acceptable things. And that happens through our watching of different things on television, Maybe things that we read in books, the culture that we find ourselves in, the exaggerating wild headlines of newspapers we begin to accept as truth rather than that shock tactic that they're meant to give you. The sound bites of politicians that don't spread love but breed animosity for other people. Such things too easily we fail to notice the moral sun setting in our life. We are to live in the light, not in the darkness. We have to be aware of where the boundaries are, to be awake and sober, not stumbling in the dark. And so, we live our lives in a way that will encourage one another, that will build up one another, that will give hope to one another and share love with one another. And we do this because it's the right thing to do. but also because by doing this, we stay in the light. Christ died for us. Through faith in him, we obtain the salvation we need for that day when he comes again, which will come suddenly. 
we must have a faith that has not been washed away, but is firm and true to our Lord.